What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life without fear of judgment or ridicule and without loss of respect? Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series created for Australian dental practitioners, intends to do just that to create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello, my name's Dr. Annalene Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, How Could You Ignore This? An emotional title indeed, as so many complaints can be. And this is unsurprising when you consider the distressed, frustrated, disappointed or enraged emotional state a person often must be in to make a formal complaint. This particular patient was devastated when she found out she had chronic, irreversible gum disease and that many of her teeth would likely be lost. Many parties became involved in this matter and everyone had an opinion. But which view was correct, all of them or just some of them? And is there such a thing as the right point of view in this at all? Or could it perhaps be that everyone is a little bit right and a little bit wrong? We'll hear from the people involved and also look at the final outcome to see what lessons can be learned. Dr. Lee had been Mrs. Dale's general practitioner for many years. I'll let her explain her clinic model. I'm proud to have developed a thriving and busy clinic over the years, and I've found that the most efficient and effective model is to utilise my hygienists and OHTs to perform checkups and cleans on my stable patients, as it is within their scope. They have hour-long appointments, and I come into the clinic to chat with the patient and have a look around during the appointment. This arrangement has worked well for many years, and I have a loyal and happy patient base. I feel that my patients get lots of time and care this way and my colleagues will always bring a patient's concerns to my attention or anything they see that they may believe to be of a concern or out of the ordinary. This leaves me free to provide high value and complex work that so many of my patients require, including crowns, bridge work and implants. Mrs Dale had been attending the clinic for around 15 years and had been seeing the hygienist with Dr Lee coming in the surgery to say hello and look in her mouth since Dr Lee implemented this model. I've always been happy with Dr. Lee. This might sound a bit silly, but in many ways, I feel like we've grown up together. We were both recent graduates when Dr. Lee opened the clinic, and then we got married in the same year and even had our babies in the same month. Our kids go to the same school now. I've always trusted her implicitly, and I'm happy to see the hygienist for my cleaning as I know that Dr. Lee is keeping an eye on my teeth. The only thing is that recently my mouth has been feeling a bit strange I wondered at first if it was my sinuses, as I feel I have bad breath and I do have a bad taste in my mouth. I went to see my GP, who asked me if my gums bled, and I said they did. She said that I needed to see my dentist. I didn't try to book in with Dr Lee, as I knew from my last checkup two months ago that she'd taken her kids on a road trip of Australia, so I booked in at the No Gap Clinic down the road. Mrs. Dale attended the appointment and saw Dr. Vu for an emergency examination. Based on her history, Dr. Vu was initially concerned about ANUG. This, however, did not prove to be the diagnosis. Dr. Vu identified multiple teeth with seven to nine millimeter pockets, many of which were bleeding, and some of them were separative. The OPG painted a dim picture with over 50% bone loss on most of the teeth and some teeth having 70% clinical attachment loss. Dr. Vu broke the bad news to Mrs. Dale and referred her to see a specialist periodontist. I'm so confused. Dr. Vu says that I have gum disease and that it's bad. 
and that I'm probably going to lose some of my teeth. I went to see the specialist, as Dr Vu recommended, and her exact words were, this didn't happen overnight. But when did it happen then? Because I attend Dr Lee's clinic every six months and have been doing so for the last 15 years. So that's 30 checkups and 30 cleans and 30 times to have found this gum disease. So I asked the specialist if it was hard to find and she said no. She also seemed shocked when I said I see the hygienist every six months, but she changed the subject when I tried to ask why. The specialist is writing me a report for Dr Lee. The treatment she says that I need is in the thousands and then she says I may need implants too and they're really expensive. I do want to speak to Dr Lee but I know she's on holiday. I really just don't know what to do. Mrs Dale decided that a sensible course of action was to write a letter for the clinic for Dr Lee's return. This letter was received by the receptionist and rather than wait for Dr Lee and potentially ignore an issue making it worse, she felt it best to treat the letter as a complaint. In accordance with the practice's complaint policy, an initial acknowledgement was sent to the patient and then the matter was sent to the involved practitioners to be assessed. In Dr Lee's absence, therefore, the complaint was sent to Miss Wood, the hygienist who had seen Mrs Dale for the last few visits. Well, I don't know what they expect me to do about this. It's not my problem. I work under the prescription of the dentist. It's not my fault she missed the perio. And really, anyone could see how bad this patient's perio was just by looking. And from the x-rays and CPITN, I was surprised Dr Lee hadn't sent the patient to see the specialist before this. But I'd assumed because they were such good friends, they'd discussed it in the past. I just did what I was asked to do and what the patient was booked in for. I didn't want to say any more about it all because I didn't think it was my place to interfere. I really don't see that this complaint has anything to do with me at all. How do you feel about that? Do you agree with Ms Wood's statement that she just did what she was told and ought not to get involved? Or do you feel she ought to have considered referring the patient to the specialist herself as the practitioner who had undertaken the checkup? Or at least she should have mentioned her concerns to Dr Lee? Do you agree that this is nothing to do with her? And even if you do, do you believe that this is a valuable opportunity to stop the complaint from escalating? And finally, what do you think is going to happen next? Miss Wood decided not to speak to or write to Mrs Dale directly, leaving reception to take care of this. The receptionist was at a loss as what to say, so essentially called Mrs Dale to advise her that Miss Wood said no one had done anything wrong and it was just one of those things. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Mrs Dale was not comforted by this response. Faced with several thousand dollars of remedial treatment and no meaningful answers or reassurance, she felt she had no option but to try to message Dr Lee on Facebook to try and get the answers she desperately needed, as this was the only way she had of getting hold of her. Hi Susie, I see from those gorgeous pics that you posted that you're at Uluru. I hope you and the kids are loving it. I'm sorry to trouble you, but I have some problems with my teeth and I need to talk to you about them. Thanks. Do you think this is an appropriate way for Mrs Dale to get a response to her concerns? Do you think Dr Lee will understand what Mrs Dale's concerns even are? And do you think it's appropriate for Dr Lee and Mrs Dale to be Facebook friends in the first instance at all? Let's see how Dr Lee feels about the contact. I was a bit surprised when I had a Facebook message from Mrs Dale about her teeth. It feels like a bit of a boundary breach, as she knows I'm away and knows to contact the practice with her concerns. So I'll just message her back, so as to not be rude. Hey Carrie, Uluru's great. Your crew would love it. 
I'm sorry to hear about your teeth, but I can't help much right now. Can you call Julie at reception and get her to book you in with the locum Anna? Cheers. An appropriate response or an inappropriate one or appropriate under the circumstances. It's hard to tell, isn't it? One of the issues when the lines between friendship and professional relationship blur is we may think we're speaking to a friend, particularly when we're talking through an informal medium such as the social media where we engage with our friends. But in fact, at that moment in time, the patient very much needs us to be the professional, not their friend. It's also worth remembering that all communications with patients, including texts, WhatsApp and personal messages form part of the clinical records. Mrs. Dale was not comforted by Dr. Lee's response. However, she needed to move forwards with her treatment, which she did under the care of a specialist periodontist. Regretfully, not all of her teeth responded favorably to the periodontal treatment, with 4-7, 4-6 and 4-5 being lost. Others remained, but with a guarded prognosis. Dr. Vu constructed an immediate partial denture to replace the missing teeth. Once the shock of the initial treatment was over, Mrs. Dale considered her options. Well, this has been a horrible few months, but I suppose I should be glad that we've kept most of my teeth. I really can't stay like this because I don't like the denture that I have at the bottom at all. It moves around when I eat and talk and it feels dirty all the time, no matter how much I clean it. Dr. Vu says that it's a healing denture, so when my gums heal, I can have a new one, a better one, and that I might get on better with that one than the one that I currently have. The specialist says I can have implants, but I can't afford those. I can maybe take out a loan or someone told me that I can get some money out of my super. I don't know what to do. I just, I don't know. Although Mrs. Dale had already cancelled her checkup and clean appointment at Dr. Lee's clinic and was not considering any discourse against her, she still wanted Dr. Lee to know what had happened as her overarching feeling was of betrayal, deep-seated betrayal. Dear Dr. Lee, I'm writing to advise you that the last three months have been hell for me. In your absence, I've attended Dr. Vu of Vu Dental, as I had a bad taste in my mouth. He uncovered significant periodontal disease requiring specialist care. Since this time, I've had multiple deep cleaning appointments with the specialist and have lost three of my teeth. I can't tolerate my dentures and I don't know how I'm going to afford implants. I've been attending your surgery for 15 years and I've been told that you should have been checking my gums at every appointment. I've also been told that the six monthly scaling and cleaning is supposed to prevent and treat gum disease. I don't know what you and your merry band of helpers have been doing, but it's certainly not that. I asked the specialist to forward the reports to you so you can see what's happened. Susie, how could you ignore this after all these years? How could you let me get into this situation? I feel sickened by you and your behaviour. Letters of complaint are always hard to read, and this one was no exception. You can really taste the abandonment felt by Mrs Dale in the tone. Dr Lee was passed the email by her receptionist, along with the previous email query and the response the reception had made. I think I'm going to be sick. Of all the people to feel this way, I would never want it to be Carrie. And what on earth has happened? How does she have gum disease? She was here religiously for her care. It makes sense why she wanted to talk to me a few months ago now. But why didn't she call the practice? Wait, there's more. She did contact. Why did they not get her in? What's with this pithy corporate, we care but we don't really care response? Why didn't her regular hygienist Charlotte get her in and at least have a look? I need to get to the bottom of this, right now, starting with her clinical notes. 
Dr. Lee's heart sink moment only worsened when she viewed the series of bite ring x-rays showing diminishing bone and CPITN scores of threes and then fours for the last few years. Why didn't she know? How didn't she know? And what was she going to do now? Dr. Lee contacted Dental Protection and spoke to one of the dental legal consultants for advice. While the letter that has been sent is not a complaint as such, having spoken with Dr. Lee, I believe it needs to be responded to. I've also recommended that the most recent hygienist involved, Charlotte Woods, seeks advice from her indemnity provider as well. I've asked Dr. Lee to pass to me the records, including the x-rays and medical histories, the report from the specialist and the communications with her patients, including the text messages. And once we have reviewed the matter thoroughly, we will be able to give her some meaningful advice on how to respond. In the meantime, they have acknowledged Mrs Dale's letter and advised her that a response will be forthcoming. There are some other parties in this matter who we are yet to hear from, the specialist periodontist and Dr Vu. The specialist listened sympathetically to Mrs Dale but was unsure whether her story of regular attendance was necessarily an accurate reflection of the facts. She felt her part was best played by treating and stabilising the periodontium. Dr. Vu, however, had been the person to uncover the periodontal disease and he recalled the shock from Mrs. Dale and he believed her to be genuine. He also requested a copy of her records from Dr. Lee's practice with her permission and could see from these the damning evidence of a periodontal disease ignored. He felt terrible for Mrs. Dale and angered by the position she found herself in and the seeming lack of care from Dr. Lee's practice. He too was deeply disappointed in Dr. Lee. On review of the records, however, Dr. Vu found Mrs. Dale could actually be considered to be under the care of Miss Woods, as she seemed to be doing all of the checkups, x-rays and cleans. In fact, Dr. Lee had not featured anywhere in the clinical records for some time, not since a documented handover and treatment plan to her hygienist three years previously. A quick review of the records showed Mrs. Dale was periodontally stable when handed over. Could it be that Dr. Lee did not actually know that Mrs. Dale had periodontal disease at all? Should it be that Miss Woods ought to have done something? Regardless, Dr. Vu did what he felt to be right. He made a mandatory notification to the regulator about both practitioners. Each state and territory on Australia has a slightly different name for the regulatory bodies, so for the sake of consistency, in case matters, we call the regulator ARPRA. I only called dental protection this morning, and now this arrives an anonymous notification about my treatment and care of Mrs. Dale. Do you think she made it out of spite? I don't even know now. I'm going to have to cancel my patients today. I can't work. I can't think. I'm going to need to call dental protection again. Miss Woods also received a notification, but responded in a slightly different manner. What a crock. I bet this is that dentist trying to pin this on me. I note he doesn't have any hygienists, probably a hygienist hater. Well, I hope I have nothing to worry about. I don't think I've done anything wrong and I know that my records are impeccable. I was working under prescription, so I am not responsible for this. I'd best call Dental Protection, my indemnifier, to get some help with the paperwork. Dental Protection assisted in drafting an appropriate response for the practitioners to send to Ms Dale. Acknowledging her concerns and advising her that a notification had been made and that the matter was under examination by the regulator, so a formal response to her concerns could not be provided to her at that time but would be provided in due course. 
Both parties were assisted in the preparation of their submissions to APRA by separate advisers. Dr. Lee fell on her sword, apologising and questioning her own business model and integrity. The dental legal consultant assisted Dr. Lee in putting across how she felt without making unnecessary and inaccurate declarations, and he encouraged her to speak to the counselling service. Miss Woods remained firm in her view that she was working under the direction and the prescription of Dr. Lee. Her dental legal consultant highlighted that APRA were unlikely to agree with her position and referred her to the relevant documentation, including the Dental Board of Australia's Scope of Practice Registration Standard and accompanying guidance and the Code of Conduct. Miss Woods is, of course, a registered independent practitioner. APRA quickly identified this matter required investigation and sought records, reports and opinions from Dr Vu, the specialist and an independent expert regarding the care and treatment of Mrs Dale by Dr Lee and Miss Woods. At the end of the investigation, they took the following action. We have considered all of the documentation provided by Drs Vu and Lee, Miss Woods, the specialist periodontist, and we have also sought an independent opinion on the treatment and care of Mrs. Dale. We have not spoken with Mrs. Dale, who was not the notifier in the matter. Based on this assessment, we make the following findings. Dealing first with Dr. Lee. We issue Dr. Lee with a caution on the grounds that she has or may have fallen below the standard reasonably expected of a professional of an equivalent level of training. In issuing this caution, we would like to draw Dr. Lee's attention to the Code of Conduct, which states that good practice includes recognising the potential conflicts, risks and complexities of providing care to those in a close relationship, for example, close friends, work colleagues and family members, and that this can be inappropriate because of the lack of objectivity, possible discontinuity of care and risk to the practitioner or patient. Further, as the clinical records make no reference to her attendance with Mrs. Dale, what she saw and what they discussed, we are placing the condition on Dr. Lee's registration that she undertake six hours of targeted continuing professional development in dental record keeping and provides the board with a reflective statement on completion of this. In the matter of Miss Woods, we direct her to attend a performance interview to assess a theoretical understanding of, but not limited to, periodontal treatment, diagnosis, treatment planning, and referral. The board is of the view that the care of Mrs. Dale in the form of regular examinations was handed over by Dr. Lee to Miss Woods. And by definition from the regulatory guidance, this means that all responsibility for this aspect of her care was held by Miss Woods. Once Miss Woods identified an issue that fell outside of her scope of practice, then it would have been appropriate for her to hand back over to Dr. Lee or to refer to another colleague as appropriate. Miss Woods' records reflect that she has supervised and documented, albeit very thoroughly, the decline of Mrs. Dale's periodontal health, consulting with no one and notifying no one, including Mrs. Dale. The board is of the view that the care of Mrs. Dale in the form of regular examinations was handed over by Dr. Lee to Miss Woods. And by definition from the regulatory guidance, this means that all responsibility for this aspect of her care was held by Miss Woods. Once Miss Woods identified an issue that fell outside of her scope of practice, 
then it would have been appropriate for her to hand back over to Dr. Lee or refer to another colleague as appropriate. Miss Wood's records reflect that she has supervised and documented, albeit very thoroughly, the decline of Mrs. Dale's periodontal health, consulting with no one and notifying no one, including Mrs. Dale. Does that outcome surprise you? Do you think Dr. Lee, as the dentist, was essentially supervising Miss Woods? In days gone by, this may well have been the working model, but the profession has leapt forward since then, leaving even structured professional relationships in the rearview mirror. Regardless of ARPA's findings, Dr. Lee and Miss Woods desperately wanted to put things right with Mrs. Dale, both personally and also to address the position Mrs. Dale found herself in regarding her teeth. Dental protection assisted Mrs. Dale with the costs of remedial treatment under the policies of both Dr. Lee and Miss Woods, apportioned in accordance with their level of liability. Appropriate paperwork to prevent any further action being taken against either practitioner was put in place as part of this agreement. We'll see how each party feels about this outcome, starting with Mrs. Dale. I was really surprised when I received the letter from Susie Lee saying that there was an active complaint about my care with APRA. I can't think how they found out about my issues. Anyway, I heard from Susie and Miss Woods, and they were just lovely about everything. They apologised and explained the protocols that they've put in place to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone again. They also agreed to cover a portion of the cost of my specialist treatment, as a gesture of goodwill, which is such a relief. Look, I don't think I can see them again, as I don't think that we can ever go back to where we were, but I am glad that we cleared the air. And Dr Lee? I'm still in shock and I'm kicking myself for not checking those x-rays or picking up a perio probe. But I'd gotten to the habit of taking a cursory look with my long-standing patients and using it more as a social visit rather than a clinical assessment and making assumptions that anything significant will be brought to my attention. It was horrible to go through the APRA process and it's not something I ever want to have to do again. The most important thing for me was to be able to speak to Carrie again and to tell her how truly sorry I am. She was really gracious about it but it hasn't made me feel any better about what happened to her. At least I won't feel uncomfortable if I bump into her at school sports day. I'm so glad we were able to give her the money for her treatment because I didn't ignore her periodontal disease. It was much worse than that. I missed it altogether and she lost her teeth as a consequence. I've had to revisit all of the protocols in the practice to make sure there's no one else this is happening for. And pleasingly, everyone else is going okay so far. I'm undertaking comprehensive examinations on every patient that comes in, just to be sure. It's just going to take me a long time to get through everyone, but for peace of mind, it's worth it. Charlotte hasn't had such a good run, but I'll let her tell you about it. I understand that I am an independent practitioner, but I don't think I ever really considered what that truly meant, especially when I am working under Dr Lee's provider number. I thought that this meant Dr. Lee retained responsibility for the patients, especially as she came in and looked in their mouths during the checkups. The whole thing has been such a shock for me, and I must be honest, I was really angry with Dr. Lee at first. I'm grateful to her now, though, as she has been really supportive through this APRA investigation, and she is coming with me to my performance interview for moral support. I've heard that some people are okay after the performance interview and that some get conditions on their registration. I really hope that isn't me. Dental protection have helped me prepare myself, so now I just have to give it my best shot. At least my records were okay, but they demonstrated that I knew about the periodontal disease and did nothing. 
I wish I had spoken up to Dr. Lee. I don't know why I didn't really. I think I was worried she would think I was being a know-it-all. And she was so pally with Miss Dale, I thought they surely had discussed it. I know that is no excuse, but that's what I thought at the time. Thank you all for sharing how you feel. I'm going to hand over to my colleague, Mike Rutherford, for some learning points on this matter. Thanks, Mike. I guess the first point to cover is that, as ARPRA have pointed out, oral health therapists, dental therapists and hygienists are independent registrants responsible for their own decisions. Gone are the days of working under the supervision of a dentist. If a dental hygienist is not comfortable with what is going on, they have a responsibility to address their concerns with the dentist involved, and if indicated, with the patient as well. This conversation with the dentist should be approached collegiately and not adversarially. In some instances, due to perceived or real power imbalances or other workplace or personal constraints, it can be difficult for OHTs, dental therapists and hygienists to be heard. Unfortunately, regardless of this relationship, it is not okay to not say or do anything. In this scenario, Mrs. Dale was completely unaware of her periodontal condition. She, the patient we are responsible to care for, is the one who suffered as a result of the failure to communicate between hygienist and dentist. Following on from this, in shared care arrangements, it is essential that each practitioner is clear on their role and who is managing what as far as the shared care goes. This should be a general agreement, but also made specific for each individual patient. Another issue is, of course, is it reasonable to be friends with patients on Facebook or other social media? This will vary from person to person, but it is our responsibility to ensure that this does not compromise the professional relationship and that it is clear when discussion is professional opinion and when it is conversation. It would be prudent to move professional discussions about dental care away from social media and use email instead to make the boundary clear. While some patients like to correspond by text, it can be difficult to deal with complex and nuanced issues in a few words. Finally, I can report that though Ms Woods found the performance interview intimidating, as would most of us, she was supported throughout this process by dental protection. Pleasingly, ARPA decided to take no further action after some robust discussion about professional responsibilities. Thank you, Mike, for sharing that pleasing outcome for Miss Woods, and thank you all for joining us today. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Case Matters. The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia, and some facts have been altered to preserve confidentiality. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.